Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast for Tuesday morning Bible study. We have been looking at uh, scripture now for about a year since the pandemic began, and so we've been on Tuesdays doing a video, and I figured that as everybody is busy traveling and podcasts just seem to be easier. I like podcasts more. I'm in commuting and driving back and forth, it's nice to be able to put on a audio to talk about whatever, listen to a sermon or a study, and be able to just have the audio going and not, one, have to use data to watch a video, and uh, also just be able to have it going and be able to do what whatever I need to do. And so I thought it would be best to kind of shift what what we have been doing on Tuesday to a podcast and also the possibility uh, that it opens, that I'll be able to have some other people on and maybe be able to utilize this uh, this moment and this stream to be able to address some other things besides just a ongoing study through Scripture. And so I uh, look forward to it, and I hope it uh, continues to develop and that uh, we can continue to look at God's Word and what, uh, what the Scripture means for us uh, as His people of faith family. So, uh, this morning, let's look at the end of chapter 2 in Hebrews. We've been walking through Hebrews now for a while. And so we have addressed uh, the, uh, the first two chapters, and we're going to hit the last verse today and then move into chapter 3. And so Hebrews, by way of a reminder, the whole book is presenting the exalted Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the long-awaited Savior that the people Israel, the Hebrews, looked forward to, that he is that person. And so the, the people that this book uh, of Hebrews is written to uh, were believers who were struggling, who were struggling in their position, their difficulty, their suffering in life, struggling uh, intellectually and also ultimately spiritually with whether Jesus is who they believe him to be, and whether they should, instead of remaining under Christ, believing that he is the Messiah and believing in what he has done, maybe should they return to the sacrificial system? Should they return to the tradition of their fathers, uh, the tradition of their predecessors, of the, the sacrificing for sin to pay for sin and following the old covenant? following the ways of ceremonial and personal worship that we see in the Old Testament, and, uh, and addressing God singularly according to that, that covenant and that agreement. And so the people are considering this, and the author, whoever this author is, is speaking about how Jesus is greater than all of the, the people in the Old Testament, and that he is greater than the promise and the covenant in the Old Testament, the covenant given to Abraham and to Adam and to Moses and to Israel, that he is greater than this. In fact, he is the fulfillment of all those covenantal promises because they simply are a foreshadowing of Christ and of what he would do. And so here we are looking at the transition from Abraham to Moses. And so in verse 16, we'll read this. It says, For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. 
Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And so we looked at last week how he comes, Jesus came in the likeness of humanity in order to help the offspring of Abraham. And I mentioned but didn't read the verse, uh, a verse from Galatians. Galatians 3.7 says that, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And so we see here from this scripture that the, the sons, daughters, the relatives of Abraham who follow after him are not the, the offspring according to blood, or not the genetic offspring, but the ones who have faith as he did. And so if we recall the life of Abraham, he, God came and gave him a promise, and Abraham believed God's word, and it was counted to him as righteousness. It was reckoned to him as righteousness, that God didn't come to Abraham and Abraham did something and then attained righteousness, but it was by faith. It was by decision and trust. And so God gave the promise of circumcision, that, that, that sealing of the covenant promise, after faith. It was not uh, that the covenant, the activity, led to uh, redemption and faith. And so Paul in Galatians is making this whole argument, is that we are saved by grace. We are saved through faith, by grace, in Christ Jesus and Him alone. That it is not what we do, and it is not our work. And so, the offspring of Abraham are not the ones of blood, but the ones of faith. By, his, by the Spirit of God, we become offspring. We, we come underneath the family of Abraham and the promises given to Abraham. And so, therefore... We see that Jesus was made like us, like those he came to save in every respect, so that he can then serve us fully as a merciful and a faithful high priest. And so he, he is an encouragement to us in that Jesus is not an emanation, is not a, a spirit or a, a picture of God, but he is God and he is man. He is fully God and fully man. And because this is true, because he did not uh, live in just a little bit of what it means to be human, but in everything, he was tempted like we are, that he suffered when tempted, it says. And that because he suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And so in our own lives, when we are struggling, when we are, uh, at, we are looking in front of the opportunity to sin, we have temptation coming upon us, Jesus has been there before us. Jesus has endured temptation in a way that, uh, that we have not, in that he endured to suffering and suffering to the point of death. Jesus did not sin. He never did. There is a, a theological argument uh, that is comes up from time to time, but basically culminates, it, it just centers around whether Jesus could have sinned. Could Jesus actually be tempted? Was he peccable or impeccable? It's uh, the peccability of Christ, whether he was capable of sinning or 
incapable of sinning. And so this big debate over, over potentiality and whether the potential is there and it doesn't, I don't think it matters. Some people would contest me on that, that it matters, but I really don't think it matters that much because it's all ifs. It's ifs. It's not certainty. We don't know for certain. We're not given the answer for certain. Uh, so the point is not potential. The point is that he endured temptation and he endured it to the point of suffering and ultimately to the point of his death, that he did not cave to temptation. But as temptation to sin, as temptation to turn away, as temptation, as he was put to the test, as it came upon him, he endured, he outlasted it. He bared underneath the weight of temptation and suffering to the point of outlasting it, destroying it, uh, as being a victor over it. And so we see as Jesus, as he went to uh, the wilderness for his temptation before. So he was baptized, and in the Spirit, it says in Scripture, carry Jesus away into the wilderness. And for many, many days, he fasted, he prayed, he was alone, and he had nothing. And so he was not fed, he didn't have water, and he survived to the point where Satan came at the end of this period of time to tempt him. And so Satan gave him three temptations, and the three, uh, the three things that he presents to him question the validity of Jesus' claim to divinity, Jesus' claim to be the Messiah. And so Jesus, uh, upon this temptation, this temptation to satisfy his physical needs, uh, to satisfy the directional needs of his life, of, of uh, throwing himself off of the the peak, the apex of the Temple Mount, and uh, testing whether the angels would save him and whether he, in fact, was protected, whether God's favor, God the Father, uh, his favor was upon him. And so Jesus responded to each of the temptations uh, appropriately, rightly, and in faith, that he, he responded with the Word of God, the truth, and did not turn away and succumb to the temptation that the devil would have had him succumb to. And so Jesus, when was tempted, he outlasted and suffered through the temptation uh, when, so that now because he suffered like we would and has endured and has endured as our propitiation, that because this is who he is, we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged. We can know that he helps us and is there to help us because he has endured and its temptation and sin has an end. And Jesus has reached it and he has reached it and then applied his perfection, his moral perfection, his uh, spiritual perfection, his righteousness as a propitiation for the sins of the people. If you are in Christ, if you are a new creation, if you have trusted in Him, this is what Jesus has done for you. He has laid His perfect life down in your place so that your sins have been paid for, that He has given His blood on your behalf, and that 
by the reality of his suffering as a person that lets us know that he truly is sufficient and that his sufficiency should encourage us towards the conquering of sin in our own lives. So there's a verse in 1 Corinthians that, uh, that talks about the way of, uh, of temptation, that as temptation comes into our lives, that God provides the way of escape, that we would be able to endure it. And so I want to read those verses real quick. Uh, as Paul says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Jesus is our way of escape. Jesus is the one who has been tempted and has stood underneath so that Jesus has... Jesus has done what we have thus been unable to do, and by his endurance and by his faithfulness, he not only sets our example, but he also provides that we, we can have encouragement and hope, and that we know that, that by his blood and by his nearness and by his goodness that he is faithful to provide that we can escape, that we can escape from temptation and not be consumed by it. So, what gracious words God gives us here in what Jesus has done as Jesus suffered, as Jesus was tempted, so that now he can help us, that he, as he has ascended and is at the right hand of the Father, he can help his people endure temptation and outlast the, uh, the ways of the world and the flesh that uh, so easily may entangle us. And so, believer, turn to Christ today. Be reminded of his faithfulness and of his goodness. And uh, be reminded of who he is as temptation comes. And as you're tempted to forsake uh, the, the word of God and forsake his calling in your life, remember Jesus and turn to him.